0: Welcome to the Pitch Vision Academy Cricket Show. It's cricket all the way here as we talk about the game, we talk about playing it, we talk about coaching it and mainly we're here to help you out for a little while. My name's David Hinchliffe, I look after things and helping me to help you is the Director of Cricket at Millfield School. It's Mark Garraway. Hello, Garros, how are you?
1: Yeah, good, thank you mate, very
0: good Super news, yeah, no uh, Sam Lavery this week Who's normally on the show, that's two in a row he's missed So he's going to have a black mark uh, against his name But don't worry, we'll we'll catch up with him soon I'm I'm sure uh, he'll catch us up with uh, everything that he's been getting on with In the cricketing world Busy boy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, good, that's what we want We don't want to be too quiet, do we? That's Uh, for sure uh, Yeah, I've got to keep busy Speaking of keeping busy, there is um, there's there's a couple of games of cricket going on at the moment that are, that are of interest to uh, certainly uh, you and me, Garrers and probably a couple of other people as well. I hope um, so yeah it's the ashes of course <laughs> and um i wanted to have a look at something specific uh, regarding the ashes because uh, it's come up a few times in the uh, uh in the test matches at different points and that is to do with the length that different bowlers bowl at different times uh, of the game you know england have been accused of uh, getting their length wrong and um, australia have uh decided to bowl a lot of bouncers at uh, certain england batsmen so it's it's interesting that certainly in this series it's uh it's a little bit more uh, nuanced if you like than saying okay well we're just going to hit the top of off t- off stump the old glenn McGraw, you know running um bowler ball try and hit the top of off stump and it does a bit in the air does a bit off the ground then uh, all well and good but uh, you know whatever i'm still just going to do exactly the same thing every time so with that in mind where where do you come from when it comes to these kind of uh, tactics certainly um uh, at the international level but even more so at, at lower levels at club level at school level things like that is, is, there, a, is there more to it for, for any bowler to say well hang on I need to find what lengths are going to work for me in this situation in these conditions on this particular day
1: I think for a lot of club cricketers the length difference isn't, you know, you haven't got as many options available to you um, uh, for a seamer at at club level because ball velocity is less and also the the preparation that goes into most club pitches, obviously there are some that are absolutely fantastic and uh, similar to first class and, and test match wickets but you haven't got as much Uh, Scope as a fast bowler to be able to hit different types of lengths you know you try and bowl a bouncer on um, some pitches that we play club cricket on and that you and I have played club cricket on over the years and (laughs) you're not going to you're not going to get anything out, out of that in particular um uh, so when you go higher up, the pitch hardness gives you a fast bowler more scope for different types of lengths. So, but so I suppose in club cricket, you're talking about uh, a difference in your actual hitting of a length, you know, and you might need to be more precise, or there might be a little bit more getting out of shifting your your length up a couple of inches as opposed to changing your length um, completely. Uh, so those are the things that we talk about mostly in the club game. Occasionally, you get on a wicket, you know, I've played I've played on a very good wicket at, at Ventnor on the isle of white where you could bowl more as if you were a first class cricket bowler because there was a carry and bounce in that wicket that allowed you to do so but equally you know you play away the following week and it's about trying to hit length on a regular basis and maybe being really subtle in, in the lengths that you hit when you do that and, and a lot of bowlers would find it easy to bowl on those slower wickets because they're natural get it up there swing it even just short of a half volley he was more akin to to having success on those decks so that's the difference to me between um club and and uh, international cricket is ball velocity and also the carry of the pitches and both these two pitches that we've seen so far have been slow haven't they in comparison with some of the ones that we've seen over the over the years but even so there's enough carry in there that people can hit the middle of the pitch and get enough out of it and then shift their weight uh, their length into um uh, you know more conventional uh, lengths to induce an edge or, or, or whatever. I think the difference between the two sides is that uh, in the first test match it was about ball velocity it was about being able to make people f- go back and then dragging them forward which is old fashioned type of bowling and I think, I think Australia have got the ball velocity in order to be able to do that haven't they and, that, and that's been shown when England have ever gone away and played on on hard flat wickets that um, ball velocity rather than lateral movement has been massively important and that's what all the commentators are going on at the moment that even somebody like Josh Hazelwood who was considered to be the Glenn McGrath of that bowling attack rather than the Brett Lee of that bowling attack has been hitting 88 to 90 mile an hour as well as doing his skills on a a consistent basis which has been you know one of the defining things so far of these two test matches but in this last test Adelaide because of the lights because of a because of a combination of those two there have been times in the game where the ball is, has, has been able to go laterally and, and probably in England's first innings with the ball um, they didn't get the ball up there enough the lights weren't obviously at play but the ball was new uh, and they bowled too short and there's been little windows in, in this game where the ball's gone laterally and in that first crucial time after Joe Root won the toss we didn't get the ball up into the right area sufficiently and it was only in that second innings under floodlights that Jimmy Anderson got back to his absolute best was well supported by uh, Chris Wokes uh, and we looked competitive didn't we when the ball was going around in, in um, floodlit conditions but outside of that I think the simplicity of the bowling uh, plans from Australia in effectively bowling fast all the time but hitting good lengths with the odd bumper to get our better batters and then you know our bottom five batters haven't got a chance have they because they're just going to absolutely bomb the proverbial out of them and then and then uh, get the ball up there. But they're going to be forcing them back. And the only person to date out of our lower-order players that's looked as if they can really cope with that has been the debutant Craig Overton, who stood up to it
0: fantastically well in that first innings. Yeah, and um, I guess that that whole... Question about the, the word plans comes into it, doesn't it? In saying, well, you know, it's, it's say, saying that, oh, perhaps England's plans weren't right and perhaps Australians' plans were right. But, um, you know, it comes back to that, um, it, part of it comes back to the the Mike Tyson saying, isn't it, that everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. So it it is a, it, there is a scope for, right, how can we adapt here? And perhaps, you know, if there isn't, uh, if, if there is a plan and you stick to it for, for too long then you, perhaps you're showing then that you don't have the adaptability to think well we, perhaps we should try something else here and I think that's true in club cricket as well they often with with many club sides many club bowlers the plan is pitch it up bowl it off stump hope it does a little bit in the air hope it does a little bit off the pitch um, cross your fingers that they're going to hit one up in the air but actually um even though that is an extremely good plan and it works a lot of the time, sometimes that plan doesn't work. And if you haven't got that plan, you know, what, what adaptability have you got? What other ideas have you got? What else can you do? And it may be that if you're in, a, in conditions when you can't, you know, you are quick enough and you, you do have a, a flat enough uh, pitch that you can, with enough bounce and carry it, that you can try a couple of bounces and see what happens. You know, that's not beyond the realms of possibility even for relatively young players or relatively, uh, relatively not good wickets, but it's a matter of trying it and see what happens. And I think often you can get stuck into a plan and forget that there are other options and they might, not, they might be lesser options, but if, you, if plan A isn't working, uh, start thinking on your feet. I, I remember bowling once on a, on a tour
1: match. We, we were on tour and we were playing in the middle of Royal Ascot Racecourse. Mm, so lovely. there's a cricket pitch there, a beautiful place. But it's it's so slow and low, it was honestly, it was unreal. And they had this big fellow, massive chap, came into bat, and every time I pitched it up, didn't matter where it was, didn't matter if it swung or nipped or whatever, he just seemed to club it. <laughs> and obviously, he played all of his cricket there. And um, I remember the captain, John Hilsom, who, who's no longer with us, but a fantastic cricket brain, he said to me, stick somebody out at the deep mid-wicket and just try and bowl him a m- massive long hop." And I, and I went what? I mean, why do you ever want to try and bowl a, a long hop but so I ran out bowled two two length balls one got smashed to the fence the other one he defended and the third ball I, I bowled the biggest long hop of my life and he hit it straight down the bloke's throat And and that's an example of having plan b because plan b doesn't always have to be what is conventionally seen as as fantastic bowling on those slow and low wickets it can just be something different you know and and we often see now don't we in club cricket that people go to changes of pace to try and adjust the 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 contact point of the batter and i think people are getting more smart around the way that they're doing it and, and just bowling the same thing over and over again and hoping for the best isn't necessarily the you know the best way but also i think looking at the england game and looking at when they bowled in that first innings you know there's no way in the world that they were trying to hit back of a length of the time they just didn't execute their plans you know there's no way that nathan lehman and uh, you know shane bond and, and those guys came came out with the plan that they did and england executed it perfectly and felt that they are unlucky despite what they might say in their interviews after the game when the ball has any offering laterally, you know, you're not going to bowl back of a length on a regular basis, and that's what we did, and we left, let them off a hook, and as a result, when the ball went flat and we tried to adjust our plans, you know, the two, two, three, four batters were in and, and could make, you know, merry hay and get a total. It was ultimately going to be too much uh, for, the, for the rest of the game. So sometimes you have to look at execution and, you know, going back to 0607 where we lost 5-0, and they were far better than us, over the course of every single test match, probably bar one, probably bar the Adelaide uh, test match. The plans that we had in 05 weren't dissimilar to the plans that we had in 06. There might have been a subtle little thing that may have happened over the inter, interim period around somebody's technique that we would go into, but but ultimately we didn't bowl anywhere near as well in in 06, 07 as we did um, in in 05, where we were absolutely magnificent. And that's not me or anybody else trying to abscond responsibility. At the end of the day, execution is the crucial thing. The easy thing for us is to come up with a plan. You know, I've come up with lots of plans that have worked. And, and lots of plans that haven't worked. But certainly when they when they have worked, I've never tried to take any credit for it because it's all down to
0: the person trying to execute that plan, isn't it? Um, that's the important bit. Let's move on to some questions now, questions that have been sent in by listeners to the show or maybe readers to the PitchVision website over at pitchvision.com. And the way this works is we answer two questions and then we choose one of those questions as the winner of our competition and the prize for that is an online coaching course from Pitch Vision Academy at pitchvision.com and the first person this week to send in a question is Mitch and Mitch says against spin I'm not assured in playing the sweep off a ball on the stumps I tend to miss it or top edge it I think this may be due to me not getting low enough and in a good position Advice on this shot in particular would be very much appreciated.
1: It's a great question, isn't it? And I think the, the players who are the best sweepers of the ball um, either fall into one of two categories. One, one being that they've got a fantastic sweep and they can sweep it off the stumps and it's it, they can repeat their, their body position, they can repeat the motion irrespective of what line the ball is and then you've got players who uh, aren't as adept at sweeping off of the stumps and therefore don't so they just pick the line and they play the sweep based on line rather than length and um, you know there's been heaps of those and and I'd have probably been one of those I, i fancy myself as a sweeper i had to because i didn't have a lot else against spin um so i I had to be good at sweep but i would very much use my guard to assess where the ball was to see whether my sweep shot was an attacking option because ultimately uh, in terms of length the sweep shots often played to a ball that is um of the best length that the spinner can bowl at you so i would uh, against a leg spinner i would um line my guard up with leg stump and if a ball went outside the line of my toes and i knew that it was safe to have a sweep at it from an lbw perspective and so i could commit into that and probably hit the positions that mitch is wanting to hit and then equally if an off spinner was bowling i used to make sure that i knew where i'd take my guard across know where my off stump was and basically if it bounced outside the line of my stumps trying to spin it back in towards my stumps, so i'd slog sweep it and that was as simple as i tried to keep it and then you get the players like an andy flower who could sweep Off of the stumps, wide of the stumps, outside leg, outside off, because he practiced his sweep position so much going into those different lines and could hit it off of any surface um, at any time, irrespective of the line that the ball was bowled. A lot of players like myself felt that I wasn't able to commit to the position to be able to sweep. from you know when it was straight, as much as I would do when it was outside the line of off stump because I knew I couldn't get out of LBW, so I was committed into my movement and therefore fell into that position a lot better than I would do when it was straight. The bowler I think would probably know if I started to sweep from straight, then it meant that I, they' you know he'd been bowling so well or set such a good field that he was cutting off my normal scoring options. So practice is crucial. If you talk to Andy Flower about the way that he went about his his formative years, it was all about practice and he challenged himself to be able to sweep and sweep and sweep and sweep and sweep he saw it as a point of difference he realised he was good at it um, when it went outside the line of off stump and outside leg and he really challenged himself to be able to hit those same positions when the ball was straight whereas probably I steered away from that I I was a bit reticent of doing that and uh, ultimately that's what made him a player who could do it in any conditions from any line whereas for me I had to wait for the bowler to to go into areas I was happier with and when they came into other areas I was very limited and and didn't put much pressure back on him. So to me, it's practice. Um, that practice might look like some bobble feeds going into straight, making sure that you're getting the right alignment, making sure you're getting the right balance, making sure you're getting low enough. Um, you know, and in fact, some of the sweep stuff that I've done this week in an article that's gonna go out and um, an associated video using a hockey stick as a starting point for, for sweep shots might be a good, a good way of doing that because you can have bobble feeds, you can hit it off the ground just to get used to those positions. And then you can build up uh, the challenge of the progressions um, when you're ready uh, to eventually get it into facing bowlers and doing it. It's something that I didn't do. I just stuck with my two areas of strength and hoped for the best when it wasn't something Andy Flower, who was was the best I ever played with or against uh, as a sweeper of the ball. um, That's uh, the sort of practice that he would have done in order to, uh, to get himself to be good enough to do it anywhere in the world.
0: There is a lot going on with the sweep, isn't there? It's it's one of those shots where you feel like it, uh, it's it's a bit of a confidence shot in that you know if you if you think well it's on the stumps so if I miss this I hit it either straight up in the air or <laughs> or I miss it completely and get bowled or LBW I'm good, like a prize clown so I don't want to do that so it, there's a lot of confidence involved in knowing that you can get into that position and you can make contact with the ball some kind of contact with the ball. I think that's kind of what you were saying there, Gareth. You know, you stuck to what you knew you could do. You felt you had you were confident in those things, and you stuck with those things. And I guess there's nothing wrong with that, really. I mean, yeah, you can you can experiment, you can play around with things, you can try things. But if thing if you've got a way of doing it, you found a way of doing it, then you know stick to the way of doing it. Or if you find another way to get around that problem. Um, I remember years ago, you know, talking about sweep shots, Jeff Boycott, I think, was talking about sweep shots on the radio, and he said, what's wrong with uh, taking two steps down the pitch and hitting it through mid-on? Which is an equally um, valid way to play a length ball from a spinner. So, you know, it's it's not like you have to sweep, and it's not like you have to do it in the absolute classic position. Um, I've seen guys who are quite good with their hands, who sort of... um, yeah, especially hockey guys who can um, who can do do a sweep from a much higher position and not feel like it's awkward for them at all they could sort of use their use their wrists almost to play the shot rather than their their whole body getting down on one knee and, and, and playing across it and all that kind of thing so I I think with the sweep there's so much going on both you know in terms of technique in terms of confidence uh, in terms of sort of just the the way that the shot is seen, that it's one of those things that you you just you know you get you get in there you get on with it you try and hit it and then you work around the uh, work around it until you find a way of doing it and it's it's a bit messy but that that is the best way to do it I think.
1: Yeah, I agree. With, I agree with that process. I'd certainly encourage Mitch to, to have a go at it. He's obviously it sounds oh, yeah. to me from his question that he's got a sweep from other lines that works and um you know be braver than me basically and and try and try and adopt the same positions uh, by progressing your drills which i never did you know my drills were always just facing people in that so i was i was either succeeding or failing in my head rather than uh, actually working through a process um, to build up that confidence that you talk about. Uh, so the way that we do it nowadays is much more uh, effective at building, layering up, isn't it? Layering up the approaches, building the confidence, then going to the next progression. Eventually, you get it up to that completely functional position where you're facing bowlers, and, and you're doing it in nets there, and, in that, and that's the ultimate test. But there's a process to it, whereas I just went in straight at the the ultimate test and expected it to work for me, and when it didn't, I probably cried and ran home to my mum. Um <laughs> You know which, which is just rubbish, really. So, uh, so that, that's what I would suggest to him. Uh, and going back, I mean, I know you're paraphrasing. Uh, Sir Geoffrey, um, but it's not always easy to run two steps down the pitch and hit it through mid-on, is it? You know, if you think no, about Shane Warne or a left-arm spinner, or you think about the way that left-arm spinners bowl now, which is effectively to pitch the ball just inside the skyline and hit the stumps, isn't it? Since DRS has come into, you know, there's more balls from spinners now that are, that are hitting the stumps than there were before because DRS gives more LBW opportunities than it did before. I remember, you know, playing first-class cricket and if I went forward and played a forward-defensive shot and it hit me on the pad, I'd get given that out. Yeah, if I got further forward and swept, I'd get given it. You know, and that was how yeah, it was. That still happens. Yeah, <laughs> club so that, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But nowadays, and I think it's it, we're even seeing it now in club cricket, that the umpires are taking notice of, of what's happening on the television. So every time somebody uh, appeals for an LB and it's given out or given not out and then the skyline comes on that's informing the decision making isn't it and if you're in a situation where where you have to score and you're playing against the left arm spinner who is holding his line and he's pitching it just within the line of the stumps and and hitting the stumps on a more regular basis um, you know, unless you're good at doing the boys come down two steps and hit it which isn't easy when that ball's coming from wide on the crease into straight and then straightening up again Um, then the sweep option is a fantastic one to practice but you've got to challenge yourself to get through that period of time where it feels horrible and it feels awkward and you're not making uh, as much progress as you want because progress whenever we're building something is never linear Um, and that's what I didn't get when I was playing that's what I wasn't challenged on enough when I was playing if I couldn't do it straight away it's because I couldn't do it and and we know now that, that isn't the case. Andy Flower obviously had a different mentality, which is why he was number one player in the world, and I was number six for Hampshire second team. <laughs> uh,
0: that can't that can't have been out LBW, he said the bats were walking off. I I had a big stride in there. There's no way that, that still I still hear that. 30 times a season. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> that, that's still definitely a, an opinion that is uh, that that floats around especially with batsford. I'm not sure how umpires feel about that, but that's certainly the It's a
1: limited but, it's a proven limited uh, belief. Uh, nowadays yeah, isn't definitely, it, definitely.
0: Yeah. The um the other thing you were talking about there was uh, was layering up, which is a fantastic process. And but something I've been thinking about recently, it's still a very um it's, it's still a very young idea in my mind it just popped into my head the other day was this idea of layering down instead uh, uh, where you kind of you start at the end right you start the decision-making part of the process and then you work backwards towards the technique and I'm just wondering if uh, what what effect that would have on, on developing a method for a player whether you start where you start at where you know when, when you've got a technique what do you start with you start with the decision don't you and then you and then you execute the shot so I'm just wondering if there's some way around that where you start with the decision and work backwards towards the technique if that is a way that might but might work but um that's that's just an idea that's floating around my head at the moment I've got no more than that
1: well I think it's I think it's a really valid one because we only go in on that intervention don't we if we've seen decision making and technique falter in a real life situation you know so I would never look to develop anybody's sweep until I've seen it fall down in match play or even net play on a regular basis and then that's the time so you go from that that layering down approach you go from the real life situation and then you go right okay let's let's go through it but my preference at the moment and this is you know as you say it's a young idea so it might not be my preference in a few years time it would be to go right let's start at the bottom and then work up once we've seen it break down in a match situation because that's where we need to take our our cues from as a coach you know there's there's no, no point in, in taking our cues solely from a drill to start off with. We need to see the hole before we break it down into the different parts, before we build it back up to the hole, don't we? And we want the second bit of a hole to be uh, a, a more refined and mature version of, of the first, isn't it? And that's called progress.
0: Yeah, yeah. I can't play a sweep, the batsman might say, but um, when you ask him what, what makes them think that, they say, well, I've never we've never actually tried to do it. So, uh, well, how do you know? How, how do you know? <laughs> let's try it first and have a look and see where we are then. Oh, okay, let's do that. And it can be
1: great fun, you know, and, and whilst I related to the article that I've done for this week, have a look at it because it's a bit of fun. You know, I, I said to the kid as he'd left the, the session, which he's featured in the video, Josh, you know what, what, what happened in that what, tell me about that last 45 minutes and he said it was great fun that was the first thing he said oh, um, that's You the, know, and, isn't, that's the and isn't, isn't learning so much easier when, when you've got a bit of fun and, uh, in there rather than it being a bit laborious and a bit over, over uh, technical
0: I suppose Next question is from Colin and Colin says I'm 35 years old and since the opening of an indoor sports centre in the area I've started practising how to bowl after a lot of practice i have a basic action but i can't bowl a good or a short length i can only bowl full with very little pace i have decent fitness levels i run three times a week and i do squats and core exercises can you recommend anything to help me bend my back speaking of old phrases mm.
1: it's a great one isn't it uh, i've got a story here about bending back which i'm going to, be able to talk about first it's my second team debut Oh no no, it was my second team debut where I was on the team sheet from the start of the game because my first one was because somebody got injured and I got drafted in from a game so so it was my official second team debut I played with a guy called Paul Jan Bakker who was an amazing bowler a Dutch bloke used to play cricket in the summer and then be a ski instructor in the winter he was unbelievable (laughs) he's a top man Uh, but notoriously a bit grumpy And um, so he's bowling we're at Bristol because I was a keeper this is classic they stuck me at first slip um, so i'm at there at first step and he's beating the edge and uh- <laughs> he's beating the edge and uh, and I just shouted out a cricket generic didn't I because I mean I'm just a kid and everybody's getting excited so I thought I'd add my weight and I went come on PJ bend your back of which he turned around and just stared me down he was quite an imposing figure um, and then about five minutes later I said keep going PJ and he just turned to me and went keep going where <laughs> <then I'm>, <laughs> right okay I'll be quiet now <laughs> I've opened my mouth twice and had a shocker both times I just concentrate on trying to catch the first one that comes to me um yeah so so bending your back you don't want to do that too much and certainly not to the side because if you do that uh, colin yeah,
0: that's true, uh, true
1: you'll be 36 and uh, in hospital having a, having an operation on your back so um first thing what a great effort to get to 35 years old and wanting to be a boulder i mean that's phenomenal um and uh, i think expectation management has got to be pretty important in this and if you're holding a length um, and you're able to get it up there and able to swing it a little bit i would say get really savvy about the field sets that you're going to have because there's a there's a real merit in being able to get it up there and and, and swing it to a straight field and that, understanding those fields and how many club bowlers have we um how many club bowlers have we played against or played with over the years that have done exactly that and been a phenomenal players you know and 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 being top of the averages at the end of of every year so i think there's a bit of expectation management you're 35 years old you've come into bowling fairly late um uh, you know the chances of you getting up to you know 90 miles an hour are limited because you're not going to have enough training time on it um, uh, and you're probably not going to have enough access to the right source of, of things around you and, and before you know it you're going to be 44 like me and the last thing you want to be doing is bowling quick at that pace mate I can I can assure you so if you want to still be playing in 10 years time and enjoying it my suggestion would be work with what you've got get really savvy around what you've got great that you're doing you running three times a week but maybe have a look at doing some uh, some strength based work as well as uh, some running and aerobic uh, base work you know and, and real basics squats and lunges and core exercises some push and pulls would be really good in in building up the the um uh, the muscles and building up the robustness around it that you can put more more force into the ground to get more force off of it um have a look at some of the you know real basic stuff around tent pegs and and all of that but ultimately be mindful of the fact that your training age is relatively young and you're in a a a body which is you know in, in the uh, middle to late time in uh, in cricketing careers, I suppose. So uh, expectation management is is really important. But physically, you've obviously got a good ethic around running. Can you extend that and build in some real basic uh, squat lunge, core push and pulls? Um, and, I, and I don't think you go too far wrong there. And you'll probably find that your pace will go up as a result of that, um, as a consequence. But get savvy, because uh, savvy bowlers used to
0: strangle me to death when I was playing against them. That is for sure. <laughs> yeah yeah i think uh, maybe uh, maybe the best single piece of advice i can give is don't worry about bending the back worry about snapping the hips through um that if, if you can if you if there's one technical thing you can do is get you know get get the, the power from the hips because the hips will give you more than uh than sounds like you're getting at the moment if you can get if you can get that hip through so in terms of doing that you know it, working on technical drills is one thing you know uh, simple stuff like walking through and trying to get through the action and all that kind of thing. Good follow through show the show your um, uh, name or number on the back of your shirt to the, to the batsman, all that kind of thing. Um, and also, as you mentioned, putting a little bit of effort in, in the gym, uh, especially chucking medicine balls around is a, is a really good one for, for generating power. Chucking medicine balls around and maybe jumping onto boxes. And if you can do a bit of that, muck about with a bit of that, you don't need to be particularly scientific about it. Um, just just get some, get some reps in, get some power in. Then uh, that's going to help you when you're trying to uh, chuck that uh, five and a bit out object towards somebody a little bit faster. And you'll find that uh, in my head, I've got the image of a guy who's sort of getting through his action in a in a in a in a very simple way because it's very new to him, um, and it's you know maybe the ball's going up, looping up a little bit more, giving the old rainbow as it gets to the top and drops back down again, and that's probably why it's a bit full and a bit slow. Um, so if you can sort of spear the ball down towards the other end rather than rainbowing it, then uh, that's going to be maybe a little bit little bit more. But to, in order to do that, you need to put a bit more energy into the ball and that's strength it's power and uh, it's hips and uh, if you're going to keep it as simple as that then um, you, you'll definitely find improvements but yeah like you said Garris, it's you know it, improvements are different from becoming the best in the world but he, he didn't mention that so I think he's being realistic
1: yeah good. well I mean you know, if you can put a few mile an hour on and get savvier around the game uh, you're going to have a pretty good career in front of you there, Colin. And uh, as I say, massive congratulations, mate, on starting doing doing a skill like that at, at uh, the young age of 35.
0: There's a guy in our club but I've mentioned him before. He, he bowls about 45 miles an hour, seam, seam up. Um, but he's been doing it for years and he always, always is in the top wicket takers for our second team. Just trundles in, pops it on a length. Sometimes he puts a bit of effort in, gets up to 50 sometimes he slows it right down <laughs> loops it right up and uh, people just go especially second team uh, lower order batsmen they go absolutely berserk they try and knock, smash him out of the park and end up hitting it straight up in the air and he has a great deal of fun every season just just watching the people fall apart under that kind of bowling so th- there's, there's nothing wrong with just trundling in and popping it on the spot
1: No, Crikey I've played with heaps that have done it and done it, done it really really well
0: and that is the end of the show for another week before we go uh, we just need to do one more thing and that's decide on the winner of this week's competition which is an online coaching course from pitch vision academy at pitchvision.com and the two questions that are up for the prize this week are mitch's question about sweeping and colin's question about taking up bowling at the grand old age of 35 which one did you prefer this week garris it was two toughies because it pulled
1: on my heartstrings both of these you know the sweep shot being the first one uh and the second one being you know starting a new skill at 35 but i think i'm going to go for collins just because i think it's a great effort um and hopefully by doing a few exercises Mm. by uh being aware of those hips but but obviously your hips are going to work more effectively if you've got some Stronger legs to be able to transfer yes. that uh, energy from the ground up into your hips is going to help help massively. And then you know a bit of expectation management, get savvy around your fields, uh, speak to some people that have bowled for a long time
0: because they'll help you with that one. Um, so Collins won it. Well done, Colin. And uh, yeah, get back to us when you pass forty because then it then it starts to get really difficult. <laughs> is
1: that w- wickets or wickets or, uh, or wicket side years years, years yeah. on the planet? <laughs>
0: Yeah, having just got back from the physio uh, I'm uh, getting told that uh, you've got you've got to change some things because both your Achilles are on the way out that's, you know, <laughs> and that's just from chucking with the sidearm so <laughs> I'm just trying to tear in at 40 I can't even imagine it <laughs> Anyway, well done, uh, well done Colin. Um, and Gareth, if other people are listening to the show and want their question answered and want their chance to win the prize, how can they get in touch with us?
1: Well, we know that there are other people listening to the show, but first first and Definitely. foremost. So when they do ring us up, because it would be great to hear from them, um, it's 0203 or drop us an email on coach at pitchvision.com.
0: That's right, you can get us on social media as well. Pitchvision.com has a messaging system built in. Uh, We're Pitchvision Academy there. That's our account there, so you can message us that way. Or you can uh, get in touch with us via Facebook, facebook.com slash Pitchvision Academy, or Twitter at Pitchvision Acad. You can listen to this show every week as well. Uh, That's simple to do. Do a search for it in your favorite podcast app. You'll find us there. And you can subscribe for free or you can go to pitchvision.com and there you will find all the old shows, all the old show notes. You can download the shows, you can stream them, uh, you can read the show notes and you can get all lots of articles as well. You can sign up for the newsletters. A, a load of things you can do to help improve your game or help improve the game of others. That's all for this week. We hope you listen next week, but until then, have a good week. Cheers, Garris. Cheers, fella.